Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Come one, come all. Get on the phone lines. Get your questions ready to go. Mr. Oster, just moments away. DougOster.com, 24-7, 365. That's right, folks. He is always there talking, promoting the wonderful world of gardening, and he will do that with you on the phone lines in just a moment. But we always like to begin by giving you an opportunity to win a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles in Wexford. So, ladies and gentlemen, be the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020, 412-922-1020. But to talk to Doug and to get your question in, it's 866-391-1020. Doug, good morning and welcome back. How are you? Good good morning. How are you doing? This is our special Thanksgiving spectacular. So what is your favorite food again for Thanksgiving? I don't remember. Uh, stuffing, probably. Oh, mine too then. We're on the same same page then. Did you sit at the little table when you were a kid or did you get to sit at the main table? I am still sitting at the little table. It's actually <laughs> it's actually on the back porch. As a matter of fact, the family wants to be as far away from me as possible because it can it, it can get ugly when I start diving into turkey. Stuff starts flying and cranberry sauce and all that good stuff. But yeah, big fan of stuffing. Yeah, that's the only thing I really care about to tell you the truth. Maybe a little bit of dark meat, but uh, I love that stuffing, especially coming out of the bird. I know a lot of people don't like to do it that way, but well, I'm old school, so that's the way we do it. And, you know, talking about sorghums uh, earlier when uh, Rob started off there and Thanksgiving, I posted a Blue Hubbard squash pumpkin pie recipe. When Jessica and I worked together, we used to go to these giant eagle market districts, and she told me about this Blue Hubbard squash that made the best pumpkin pie as opposed to a pumpkin. And it's a big light blue ugly looking squash and so i took it up to or i went up to sorghum because i knew i knew they had uh, lots of those uh, blue hubbard squash and asked randy sorghum how do you open the thing (laughs) and so we made a little video together and he shows me how to get this open and we go over the second best (laughs) pumpkin pie recipe in the world it's posted at dougoster.com and if you watch the video it's very short a minute and a half you'll find out where to get the number one pumpkin pie. And so uh, we had a lot of fun fun doing that. It was for the, uh, yeah, it's called Yad Jagoff Podcast, which is on KDKA. And, uh, it, it, again, we just had a lot of fun. And it is a great pumpkin pie out of that Blue Hubbard squash. So if you're thinking about making, like, a pie from scratch, that's a good way to do it. I also posted at the website uh, some of the beautiful winning essays from listeners uh, trying to win the 
twin sisters daffodil bulbs, those uh, rare heirloom bulbs I've given away. And I'll tell you what, there's some touching stuff in there. Uh, and I posted, I think, about six, seven of them. Uh, we, I read some of them last week, and I wanted to remind you that if you miss a show or you sleep in, uh, it's available later on the KDK website, and so you can listen to the show at any time. Uh, you know, I'm always posting that when I'm doing promotion for the show, just so people know. Because believe it or not, <laughs> not everybody is up at seven in the morning uh, on a on a Sunday. And oh, yesterday I saw something that really upset me. <laughs> uh, I went to a property and. Uh, I saw these two maple trees in the back, and I was asking about them because they were butchered. I mean butchered. And I figured, well, you know, maybe the previous homeowner might have done it, but no, it was somebody that, that had convinced this uh, homeowner that you need to come every two years to work on your maple trees, which there's nothing on top of them. There's, you know, no, no reason to be trimming them. And they were just topping the tree over and over again, uh, like you would if it was under electric lines. You know, in many cases, when a maple is under electric lines, there's nothing you can do. You know, like the power company has to has to keep those lines free. But in this case, uh, it was just a, a way to, to kind of scam these people out of their money. And coming every two years and topping a tree, um, you never, never top a tree. That's just the worst thing you can do. Now, I'm hoping, well, I'm going to talk to my friends at Davey and see what can be done for that tree just to let it go and maybe just hopefully it will grow back into its its normal form and shape. But, oh, it's just a great example of, first off, if you're going to trust somebody with your trees, it has to be a certified arborist. Now, I've always used Davey, and Davey is an advertiser on the show but a certified arborist is a scientist, and they work for all sorts of different tree companies. That's what you have to have when when you when you have somebody working on your trees, uh, because certified arborists will come, they'll take a look, and this is their, this is what they do. And so it was just so sad to see that two maples just. Uh, I, I I personally think they should probably both be removed. Uh, that's how bad they look. And so, well, we'll see. So I'm getting uh, lots of questions on what's left to do in the garden. And I posted something at the website about, you know, getting the garden ready for winter. No mystery there. But, you know, before the ground freezes, we can still get some trees in. I was at the nursery uh, two days ago looking through what trees were left and what the discount was on them, but also planting bulbs. Uh, I've, you know, as I talked about last week, I've got, Seriously, hundreds of bulbs sitting here. As, I, I, as I'm out and about, I'm always stopping at nurseries and seeing what's left, you know, what they want for them. And it's, it's you know, it's certainly easily half price, maybe less now. If you ever thought about, you know, putting in a few daffodils or whatever it might be, usually the stuff that's left uh, is unique varieties of bulbs, but are all hardy for our area. And I always talk about the way I plant them using that power planter auger. Uh, I, I reiterate that no one is, is paying me to say that about power planter. It's just, I just, I love that tool. It's made in the USA. You know, I had somebody send me an email saying, Hey, I can, I found this auger, another auger on, you know, online for $14. Well, the power planter I think is about 25, but 
this is a, a tool, and like all garden tools, you want to pass them on to the next generation. That's what you should get for a garden tool. You shouldn't just get the cheapest garden tool. It's the same thing when we're talking about that maple tree. You know how cheap I am, but you know sometimes you got to buy the good stuff that's going to last. Sometimes you got to get the right people to come so they don't uh, destroy your tree. Uh, so there's still time to sneak in some bulbs, and I'll be doing that. Uh, I looked at the weather for for the rest of the week, and I'm going to get everything in the, here the rest of the week. I've got to make a couple of videos for, for different places, and we'll be putting our bulbs in. Now, my February trip to Costa Rica sold out, but still seats left for the upcoming trip to England and Holland. Oh, man, England, it's the Chelsea Flower Show. That is the Super Bowl of flower shows. Kew Gardens is one of the most amazing gardens in the world. Sissenhurst Castle, the famous White Garden. Uh, then we're off to Holland and, uh, you know, checking out Amsterdam. But the, uh, the the thing I can't wait for is that uh, thing called Floriad. Every 10 years, they reconfigure this town. It's 143 acres of garden celebrations. So I can't wait. I got a lot of pictures at DougOster.com, and I can't wait to go. Uh, I love getting back to traveling. It's been really wonderful, and uh, certainly Costa Rica is going to be nice. So take a look at that. And later this morning, Mrs. Know-It-All will give us a rundown on everything about Christmas trees, live trees, taking cuttings for wreaths, all sorts of stuff, how to pick out a tree. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, you know, if you're looking for a gift for your favorite gardener, I know you don't want to do it, but a gift certificate from any of our sponsors, uh, I know a gift certificate isn't a personal gift, but, man, I'm telling you, as a gardener, you know, it's much better for me to get that gift certificate and use it on, you'll use it on something that you wouldn't normally get that you really want. And so that's just a, that's just an easy gift for a gardener, and any gardener is going to love it. I also have at DougOster.com, I've got copies of Steel City Garden posted there. Never been cheaper, 15 bucks for a signed copy uh, with free shipping. All right, Rob, I think we're ready for a break. Yes, we are. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we're going to talk to Evelyn. She's got some questions about surface roots. She's calling today from Mount Lebanon. We'll get to her. We've got room for you as well. 866-391-1020, DougOster.com. This is The Organic Gardener on KDKA. And he is with some callers waiting to talk to him. Let's begin, as promised, with Evelyn. Evelyn, good morning. Welcome to KDK. Good morning. The best hour of the week. <laughs> That's so nice <laughs> to say. Yes. Oh, Doug, can you help me? I, I don't know what to do. The, um, I had a town, Mount Lebanon Township, cut down an old maple tree. Speaking of maples, and put a new maple in. I would say about ten years ago. It's a red maple. It's supposed to be a red maple, but I never see any red leaves in the fall. But the problem is, um, I have a little front yard. You know, it's a colonial, so you can sidewalk goes down to the street and have grass on the one side, grass on the other. But on the on the right side where the tree is, I have surface roots. And no yeah. grass grows, and of course, you know, it's hard to grow, well, hard even to cut grass, and then you trip over the, the roots when you're raking in the fall. So what's the best way to, to do, to treat that, to put, I, I've read so many different things about to put, you know, mulch on top of it, or they don't want, you don't want to put soil on top of the roots. Right. Um, 
do you have any experience with surface roots? Yeah, you know, that's a maple uh, for you. And and first off, let's talk about what we, you know, people always ask me, what, what should I plant under my maple with those yeah. roots right at the surface? And I say, plant a bench there. That's the best thing because nothing, <laughs> Sounds good. nothing, yeah. nothing else is going to grow. And now you can't really, this is the problem with, with the maple in that situation. You can't really mess with those roots because if you do cover them, it, it's going to be a negative for the tree. And I know that's it's what I heard. Yeah. Trust me. So we'll just you know, enjoy the roots. <laughs> we just I try and tell people to get to that outer ring of where they are and just kind of put an edge there. You could throw some mulch down, that's okay. Uh but not not too thick. You know, you yeah, you you know, you can't, sure. you can't cut those roots out. You can't bury them with soil. And then you do leave that area as an area where the only thing you're really going to have to do is rake it, but I know it's a pain, but there's really no solution. That's just the yeah, way the tree that's grows. That's what I and thought. It, and we really shouldn't be mowing over those roots also. Is that, is that a negative in most cases? That is cases? definitely a negative because you're going to start chipping them. And yeah. Them and that, that just allows bad things to get in that we don't want to that's get in. That's what I thought, yes. To stay, stay out of. Uh, it and, really and, doesn't bother me. You know, I, I don't really. It doesn't right. have to be a perfect line. Oh, by the way, how are your orchids? Are you still growing orchids? I do have uh, one or two orchids left. You okay. Know, I'm, not, I'm not great at at orchids, but I keep them alive, and they flower when they flower. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I wish I, I should really study it. And, you know, I have lots of, of friends, of course, that, that are experts at orchids. Uh, I You know, one thing they for sure. They you anyway for your so yeah, one thing for one thing for sure, never too much water on an orchid. You know, yes. you figure that or you're trying to emulate what's going on outside where you know when that plant you know was in this beautiful sure. climate and, and in the in the crotch of a tree and it would rain and mm-hmm. it could drain real well. So so just the best way to kill an orchid is overwater it. So I'm I'm, sure. I'm hoping I just I had one that had really good blooms on it. I I cut the spike down. I've got like three or four nodes on there, and so I'm. I'm hoping that at some point <laughs> I'll, I'll start fertilization probably in February, and we'll see what we can do. Thanks so much for your call. Sounds good. Thanks for the you. information. All right, let's go to Ed up next. Hey, Ed, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. I've, my uh, asparagus, it was clean almost till I quit picking it, and I had to go away for a couple months, and I come back, and I – I never had weeds like a ragweed five foot tall. I might be even not weeding this thing. I always just cut it down, but I'm thinking about burning it down. We used to burn fields to get the bad seed out. What do you think about that? Uh, I think I'd be more inclined to just cut it down. You know, uh, you have the asparagus fronds there, you know, like the brown, right? They've all turned brown. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they're all turned brown, but... I tried pulling them weeds out. There ain't no way. It's ridiculous. And I'm thinking about trying to burn it. Mm. You know what? When Mrs. Know-It-All comes on, I'm going to run that by her and see what her opinion of that is. Personally, I was going to wait till it froze and then do it. I'd be kind of afraid to. I just, I know those, uh, the roots are down deep, but I don't know. I, I would be tempted to, this is the way I'd do it, and then I'll ask Mrs. Know-It-All how she'd do it. I would cut everything to the ground. I would mulch it heavy with straw, and then next year, what, when, if I see anything come up that's not supposed to be there, 
I would just snip that off to the ground and continue to do that. And then uh, I think eventually the, the asparagus will take over. So hang in there. Listen, listen a little later. Uh, Mrs. Nodal has some information about Christmas trees, but I'm going to run that by her and see what her opinion is of, of burning weeds. Maybe that's the right way to do it, and maybe that won't hurt the asparagus, but it's always good to get a second opinion. Appreciate your call. All right, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and come back, and we've got a lot of lines available for Doug right now, so if you want to call in and be a part of the show, I highly urge you to give us a call, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. You can also get a question to Doug by going to Dollar Bank Instant Access, simply sending a message, and you can find that at kdkradio.com. Now, our Sunday is just underway. Lots more to come today, including next hour. It's Frank Dentici and I, Father Joe, off this weekend. We're going to be talking to Bill Nolan, Butterball Turkey Hotline, basting the bird, how many pounds per minute, seasonings, stuffing on the inside or outside, mashed potatoes, what goes great, corn, more, you name it. We're going to discuss it all, but it all begins and ends with that centerpiece on your Thanksgiving dinner table, which is that Butterball Turkey, available at all of your eight locally owned and independent operated Coons Markets. Don't forget, all of your Coons Markets will be closed Thanksgiving Day, but they'll be open right through Thanksgiving Day with everything that you need to have a spectacular Thanksgiving. Bill Nolan, Butterball Turkey Hotline, coming up next hour. Frank Dentici and I on the Coons Cooking Hour, Rob Pratt Sunday, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. Rob Taylor next with the news in three minutes, and then more of Doug Oster and the Organic Gardener, KDKA. Yes, he is, and we'll get to Doug and your calls in a moment. Don't forget, Mrs. Know It All within 10 minutes. And if you're the 10th caller right now, 412-922-1020, you're going to get a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Janoski's in Clinton. All right, here is Alice in Pittsburgh talking daisies with Doug Oster, KDKA Radio's Organic Gardener. Hi, Alice. Good morning. Hello. I'm moving from Flowers Avenue in Hazelwood out to the country, and I wondered if I got a box of night callers. All right, let's move on, and let's say hi to, we lost that call. Let's go to Greg in the North Hills. Hi, Greg. Good morning. Doug, I called in a couple years ago because my hydrangeas were not blooming. I was getting a lot of leaves. The plant looked healthy, and I was advised to put burlap around them. And I did that for a couple of years, but still didn't get any blooms. Last year, I filled the burlap with, with leaves, and that seemed to provide additional insulation for them. Uh, this year, I'm ready to do that again, except the leaves haven't dropped off the hydrangea, but the leaves are off the trees, so I bagged some leaves. I'm just wondering, what it, you know, when would you advise me to, to uh, put the leaves around the plants within the burlap? Well, you have time. You know, the, the burlap, the idea of the burlap is just to surround the plant, leave the top open. I like that idea of putting the, the leaves in, though. As, as and, and did you say you did start to get some blooms after you did that? Oh, yeah. I mean, th- this year, I, the the one plant was full of blooms. Oh, that's awesome. And so you've got time because really the problem is, well, the reason we're doing that is that oftentimes hydrangeas, the buds will start to swell during a thaw, and then this is like February, and then it gets super cold, and the buds freeze out, and and then we don't get flowers. And so give them that protection. So it won't be long until that plant will drop its leaves, and I bet you it would be within a week or two. And then follow your same procedures there. Have the burlap around there, and 
and fill it up with the, the leaves, and you'll be fine. Like, again, there's no urgency at this point. It's not going to get cold enough to negatively affect that plant. And then, you know, I've, I've got a whole – I uh, interviewed a woman, uh, Lorraine Bellotto, who's a hydrangea expert, and I've got it up at DougOster.com. There's a lot of information there, too, if you were thinking about getting another hydrangea because I'm in the same boat as you. You know, I have a lot of these older hydrangeas that aren't reliable bloomers, and it it drives me nuts. Uh, you know, my problem more so is keeping the deer off them. Uh, I've got them in protected spots, but the, you know, if I don't religiously spray, the deer will come. You know, one night you forget, and the buds are gone. And so, anytime that I'm adding anything to the garden, a new hydrangea, I'm always looking at one that's a more reliable bloomer, something that will will bloom on not only this year's wood, the old wood, but on new growth also. So just, you know, anybody that's that's having hydrangea problems, just take a look at that story. There's lots of information there because breeding uh, has has changed the way hydrangeas will grow in our climate. And uh, for the two of us, we're going to be stuck uh, as long as we grow these these varieties with our burlap and I might try your idea with the uh, the leaves inside there. So thanks very much for your call and the suggestion. All right. As we await some calls, Doug's always got some questions from listeners, so we'll get to those right now. If you have a question for Doug and you want to join him on the air before we get to Mrs. Know-It-All in the final segment, 866-391-1020. Bill Nolan, Butterball Turkey Hotline coming up next hour on the Coons Cooking Hour. What do you got for us, Doug? Well, uh, before we get to the questions, I've got a couple other things. I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but... We can still plant garlic also, and and when you mention whenever you mention Janoski's, I'm telling you that's just great garlic. I mean, it's one exit past the airport. Take a drive out there, and get garlic very inexpensively. That's going to be good to plant, and there's nothing like that homegrown garlic. While we were in the news break, I checked my email, and I got an email from a place that I love called Tomato Fest. They have 650 different types of tomatoes. And it's uh, the only reason I'm really mentioning it is the first uh, mention from anybody that seeds are available. And they have all their tomato seeds on sale. If you want to grow something weird and different, uh, and and you know, it's we just finished the season. What we're already thinking about next season? Yes, we are. Uh, they have some. That's the, the only commercial way to get my Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top Tomato. Uh, I do give those seeds away, but it will be later in the season. But I was just excited to see somebody, you know, we wait for the first catalog, you know, the first mention of, of seeds. And, and I love Tomato Fest. Uh, we've worked together on different projects. Uh, I gave away their seeds, the uh, Clint Eastwood Rowdy Red Tomato. I gave that away last year or the last time we had a home and garden show. Uh, Heart of Italy uh, came from there. There's just uh you know, with 650 different tomatoes. And it's a beautiful story of this, uh, you know, now I would say, I don't want to say older because I'm older, but an older couple. And and, and this is their passion is, is um, growing and providing heirloom seeds to, to gardeners. So it's a type of seed that you could, you know, plant indoors starting in end of March, early April, and put out your own tomatoes and give away some tomatoes to your friends. And grow something weird and different. And if 650 sounds overwhelming, he's got a whole list there of like their 10 favorites for this, 10 favorites for that. So uh, let me get into some questions unless we have calls. Uh, 
I'm getting a lot of questions about bringing plants in, and specifically uh, tropical hibiscus is one that, you know, the summer it's outside, then it gets cold, we bring it in, and I had questions about dropping leaves, which is what they do, and lots of other plants, too. If you bring them in, and they're going from, you know, this this lighting condition outdoors and to barely any light indoors, uh, they'll start dropping leaves, they'll look awful, but for the most part, if it's a plant that we do that sort of thing with, it's going to come back. It's going to do its thing and and just sit on it a little bit. You know, Mrs. Noah always says she doesn't like bringing that tropical hibiscus back in because it's going to be filled with all sorts of, of bugs. And that's the other thing that I'm I'm hearing. And, and as always, Mrs. Noah has it right, uh, that especially tropical hibiscus, lots of, of creepy crawlers on there and hopefully nothing too bad you know if it's just uh spider mites or aphids or something we can take care of that organically with horticultural oil or insecticidal soap and then another question i get a lot of is about something called lichens and specifically this this year since lilacs had such a tough time and and did the weird blooming at the end of the season you know people aren't really noticing the bark of their tree you know, during the season. And then when something looks off on the tree, they assume that this thing, this lichen, and it's just kind of a a light green, and it looks like a fungus. It's not technically a fungus, but a lichen is actually a good thing for a tree. But again, when, when the tree, something goes wrong with the tree, they see, you know, gardeners see that on the tree and they think that that's the cause of it and and it's not lichens are, are are a good thing figure out what they are and take a look at them online and and then you, there'll be one less thing for you to worry about i did also have a question about uh somebody had taken some cuttings of a shrub and had it going in the fall and then they were in pots and he wasn't sure what to do he wanted to leave them in the pots because he was going to give them away and you know, just like when you see it in nursery, what they do with their trees and shrubs at the end of the day or at the end of the year is something called healing in. And so it'll either be covering the entire root ball with a really thick wood chip mulch or actually burying the the pot itself down at soil level. I, I You know, I, I get a lot of stuff sent to me. And so I have shrubs sitting out there in the vegetable garden in that same situation and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to heal them in for the the winter. Uh, that's another another job on my list of things to get done before the soil freezes. I better get going on this. And you know, with this rain coming today, the first thing I'm going to do when I get done with the show is is get out there, get some bulbs planted, get whatever work I could do, get whatever leaves I can blown when it's uh, late enough on a Sunday morning to run the blower. Uh, and and get this garden work done. Uh, so anything I got left in pots, I'm just going to sink in the ground. Uh, I was uh, drove by my friend Amy's house. She's the dahlia uh, queen, the crazy dahlia lady. Uh, if you've ever looked at uh, dougoster.com, I always love to post her the pictures of her dahlias at the end of the season. But she was in. The, she was out there still digging tubers out, and that's what other people are probably doing too we leave our tubers in the ground even though it's cold on top the ground is warm enough where the tuber is not going to freeze out you know i love saving and storing those tender bulbs uh, because i don't have to buy them again next year and it's fun to save them and it's easy 
And so if you had dahlias left out there or caladiums or tuberous begonias or cannas, anything that has like a tender bulb or tuber or rhizome underneath, you can just pull that out of the ground, dry it out on uh, some newspaper for a couple of days, and then, you know, split them up and store them. I, I use a big Rubbermaid container and it, have it filled with vermiculite and just kind of stack them in there. They can't touch each other. And then store that container uh, someplace that's nice and cool but doesn't freeze. And it's pretty simple and pretty easy, and it's fun to get them started the next spring, Rob. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come right back. More calls, and don't forget, after Mrs. Know-It-All and Doug wrap up the hour, Butterball Turkey Hotline. Frank Dentici and I, Bill Nolan, will be our guest from 8 until 9 a.m. KDKA. All right, busy day today at KDK and the Organic Garden. Just a handful of minutes left in our final segment, so let's get to, you know what, Doug, go ahead. That's that's right, Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. We've been talking off the air about the problem the gentleman had with his asparagus bed. He wants to burn the weeds off the top. Yes or no, Denise? No. Uh, he's not going to get rid of it because the ragweed drops seeds and fire won't do anything to them and you can't get rid of knotweed that way. My suggestion is start a new asparagus bed. Uh, Not what he wants to hear. So let's move on to uh, Christmas trees. School us. Yeah. So if, like you were saying, you need to plant bulbs. So if you buy a bald and burlap Christmas tree that you want to plant out in your property later on, go dig the hole now. Uh, what you want to do is you want to dig it, you want to take that soil, put it in a bucket, put it someplace dry like your garage or under a porch uh, to keep it dry. Take a piece of plywood, put it over the hole so you don't break your leg walking through the property or you might find a dead animal in there. Um, but otherwise, if you're going to one of the tree farms or you know just the places that uh, sell trees, Here's kind of a list of trees that you may want to consider. So the Douglas fir is a medium-long needle tree, and it holds its needles best indoors, actually. Uh, The branches are very open and strong, so it's a really popular tree. My favorite for a live tree, though, is a Fraser fir. It's a very short-needled tree. with It has some really stiff branching. Uh, What's nice is the needles are green, but they have a silvery underside, and it holds ornaments really well. And if you're like me, you need something that holds a lot of ornaments really well. Um, There's the con color. Hold on, Mrs. Know-It-All. Tell them about your your Christmas spectacular house, because it's all filled with Christmas decorations like you wouldn't believe. I forget how many trees, but I don't think you have to turn the heat on. You've got so much light coming out of those trees. We switched to LEDs, so we don't have that heat anymore. Um, We have a nine and a half foot Christmas tree in our family room. We have two seven foot Christmas trees in our living room. We have um, two cat trees. Um, One is they're they're wall trees. So one is in the bathroom, one is in the hallway. Plus, I have a wreath, and then I have a couple ceramic trees. And yeah, so I've got a few trees and wreaths. And yes, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we only got a few minutes, let's get this done. So a con color fir is really nice. You don't see it a lot, but if you do, get one. Uh, a lot of people mistake it with a blue spruce, but the thing about a con color fir is it doesn't stab you when you go to hang ornaments on it. 
Um, and it, actually, if you want to put a tree out in your landscape, that would be my pick uh, to buy bald and burlap. Then there are the spruces. There's the blue spruce that stabs you, the Norway spruce, the white spruce. Uh, you know, they're okay, um, but they smell like a used litter box when you get them indoors. And, you know, you don't want to beat your cat for doing something it really didn't do. There's white pines, which I really like white pines, and they are sheared in tree farms to give them a very dense appearance. What I don't like about them is they won't hold heavy ornaments, but they have a wonderful fragrance, and you can buy white pine roping, which you know you can do and have the scent without having to worry about how you're going to hang your ornaments. And another one's a scotch pine, and that's a very traditional Christmas tree. Has a bright green color. Uh, it's a little bit more open, but it's good for if you've got long hanging, dangly ornaments uh, to put uh, on the tree. Know it all. We're out of time. Thanks for the information. I'm answering questions after the show. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, thanks. News coming up next. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.